I confess. I get excited when I hear the sound of my boyfriend clipping his fingernails. Because I know it means I'm about to get a fucking awesome fingering. Yes! I was hoping that's where that was going. Yep. I confess, I want to have a threesome with my wife and a total stranger, parentheses girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I confess, I was in the mood to ride some dick. So I suction cupped a dildo to my nightstand. And hopped on. I don't usually come from penetration alone, but Nightstand did the trick. <laughs> Sex. Almost everybody does it, and almost nobody talks about it, except at Bedpost Confessions, a storytelling show based in Austin, Texas. Whether the stories are funny, informative, political, or completely personal, the anonymous confessions from the audience are the stars of every show. Y'all, today's episode features maybe one of Austin's most recognizable and entertaining MCs and performers. Nikki Devon is a body positivity warrior, foul-mouthed MC, and all-around performer. She is founder and director of Fat Bottom Cabaret and co-producer of The Midnight Menagerie, a powerhouse collective of people of color performers. Nikki has a new podcast out now. It's called Fat and Black in Texas, and it's about, well, being fat and black and living in Texas. She is the queen of shenanigans. Here is Nikki Devon sharing her story, New Me, Who Dis? Just one quick note before Nikki's story. Bedpost Storytelling Productions are made accessible to deaf audience members by the fantastic interpreters from Soul Illumination. Though the interpreters are there to serve the deaf, they enthrall the entire crowd with their beautiful expressions of American Sign Language. If you hear a roar of laughter and don't understand why, the interpreter may have stolen the show for a minute. All right, on with the show. Hello. Hi. So I'm going to get right into it. Um, So, y'all, the inevitable has happened. It's official. I got snatched up by a woman. Yeah. I know. I know. I, I know. I'm still in shock. But it's been... It's been a year since you've heard from me, and in that year, I found myself tits deep in a sweet, accidental relationship with the tiny powerhouse. Now, from now on, we're just going to call her Tiny, because she's tiny. Um, I'm loved, I'm happy, I'm sort of taken, and I have no fucking idea how I got here. One minute, I was, like, gearing up the nerve to ask her if she would give me another chance to prove to her that I don't fuck like a straight girl. Because I still kind of fuck like a straight girl. Um, and the next minute, we're sitting in my house, folding each other's laundry, in our T-shirts and our period draws. Everybody knows what the period draws are. Don't act like you don't. Yeah, somebody's like, yes, bitch, I have them on right now. Anyways, so it's like I 
I went through some sort of queer time machine, you know, like I'm really far from where I thought I'd be right now. When I, when I realized that I absolutely wanted to explore my attraction to women, I naively thought that I'd slut it up and kind of fuck my way through Austin again, <laughs> except this time with titties. And, you know, there'd be a nice text message the next day without a dick pic attached to it. Turns out there wasn't much slutting it up, but there has been a lot of titties. And we're going to get to that in a minute. Now, before my current situation, and just after I got ghosted a few years ago, y'all remember it was a fucking tragedy. But I'm over it. I intentionally started dipping my foot into the female dating pool. Now, it's not because I was tired of dating or being with men. It was because I was tired of not being with women. I was clearly attracted to women, and I was, you know, I wanted to get a little taste, literally. So, now, there are many things that I've learned about myself since my focus has shifted to women. There have been wonderful, wonderful surprises, tough lessons, some really, really fucking rude awakenings during this transition. So much so that I've started calling this my oh shit period. Because I find myself saying it a whole, whole lot. Like, oh shit, I'm sorry. And oh shit, that feels amazing. (laughs) And oh shit, is that what that does? (laughs) And my personal favorite, oh shit, that doesn't go in there like that, does it? (laughs) So... Clearly, I'm still learning, but I want to share with you my two favorite things that I've learned since my last interaction with the dick, okay? Now, yeah, I'm still learning. I'm like a toddler. So, um, (laughs) but I'm a sexy toddler. That's creepy. Anyways, so, um, (laughs) sorry, my head just went off and stroked out for a second. (laughs) So, (laughs) the first thing I learned is that... It turns out that your girl is a snack. Now, for, for you, the people in here that might not know what that means, it means that I am desirable. <laughs> but in like a total package kind of way. Now, don't get me wrong, I know I'm amazing. But dating has always sparked a little bit of insecurity in me. Um, Few and far between have been the men that just flat out want me off top. Normally, I have to kind of grow on them like a fucking parasite. Like, I got to wear them down. (laughs) I got to wear them down. So a lot of my feelings of sexiness come from myself and my bomb-ass friends. Now, when I started dating women, all that shit completely changed. Once it was clear that I was open, I was blown away by how many women expressed interest in me. And the ways or the reasons that they were interested ran the gamut. But the thing that was consistent was the straightforward way that they let me know. There was no discomfort, no embarrassment, no games, no half-hearted enthusiasm. Just, bitch, I want it. Just... Sexy confidence and upfront honesty. I've gotten hit on more in the past two years than in the previous 10 years combined. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying all women are like this, but I'm saying in my experience, if a woman wants you, she lets you know. Period. The funny thing is, though, I, can't, I have no idea like how they knew that I had flipped the switch. Like, I have no idea... You know, like, I didn't change outwardly or anything. I'm thinking maybe somebody put out, like, a pussy bat signal. (laughs) 
Or maybe like... Yeah. Pussy bat signal. What she doesn't know is that I'm stealing that. Pussy bat signal. Or... (laughs) Yep. Take it in. Take it home. Use it. Or maybe there's some sort of like lesbian underground railroad where they like pass notes about fresh meat. I don't know. I don't know. But the bitch was getting all kind of play and attention. (laughs) I was getting stopped at the grocery store. I was getting approached at bars. One, one, One woman stopped me in a Target and told me that my smile gave her butterflies. I was like, bitch, what? surely this lovely middle-aged white lesbian is not talking to me. But, nope, turns out Nancy was talking to me. Nancy was trying to get it. Um, for the first time ever, I had a drink sent over to me at a restaurant by a very well-dressed, self-proclaimed super dyke named Tammy. She had a three-piece suit. Tammy was very well off, and she was trying to pretty woman the fuck out of me. (laughs) Tammy could also get it. I admit at first, I was a little skeptical. I was like, what is this lesbian trickery? What's going on? But no, I mean, that's just how it was. Now, of course, there is the off chance that maybe the interest was always there, and I just never noticed it. But I think a pussy bat signal is much much more likely than that. Pussy back signal. (laughs) Regardless, I was on the menu. Um, And being on that menu affected my self-esteem in a really weird way. Um, I was wanted as is, and that's something that just hadn't happened much in my life. So admittedly, I went a little crazy. A little bit. It got me into more trouble. This boost in my self-esteem got me into more trouble than I'm used to. Um, Here's a couple of things that happened. I got a drink poured on me twice. I got kicked out of somebody's house at 3 a.m. <laughs> I got dead flowers delivered to my job because women are resourceful. And in case you were wondering just how much I hate you, bitch, here's some dead flowers. So you don't have to wonder anymore. I almost got run over outside of a Whataburger. I'm not ashamed of my life. (laughs) To say that I was using my powers for evil would be an understatement. I went on every date. I took every gift. I made out with all the faces. I did a lot of douchey shit. It's like I forgot all of Daisy's home training. And so one night after a particularly angry conversation, a woman called me gluttonous. And at first, I thought the bitch was calling me fat. But then, I realized, oh shit, she's right. The reason I was behaving poorly, aside from just being a twat, um, was because I had been fucking starving. 
So it's like you go without food for two weeks, and then you get taken to your favorite buffet. And on this buffet, you are allowed to indulge in the things that you couldn't even indulge in the two weeks before that you were start. Like, the shit didn't make any sense. I was like a 12-year-old, right? I had denied myself the pleasure or even the thought of any real chance of being with a woman, and then it happened a lot. And I just didn't know what to do, so I overindulged. So the thing I learned is, don't be a greedy asshole. That was lesson number one. The second big surprising thing that I learned is that I've kind of been relationshiping wrong for most of my life. I spent a large part of my life trying to bend and change just so, that I, just so someone could claim me. Like, I wanted someone to say, she's mine. Like, I'm not saying all heterosexual relationships are like this, but mine were. I wanted a man to claim me. Because for some reason, I associated that with my self-worth. Like, you're only lovable if someone loves you, right? So I didn't think I was worthy unless someone came along and told me that I was. For a very long time, the only way that I figured out how to make sure that happened was through sex. I had to make sure nobody was going to fuck him or suck him better than I was. Truth. It was a constant thing on my mind. I thought I had to work harder because I was fat and, like, not conventionally beautiful. Understand that was then. That is not now. (laughs) But I felt like I had to to counterbalance those things by fucking good. But not just good. I had to fuck great. (laughs) That's for a different story. Um... Now, this not only wreaked havoc on my self-esteem, but it sparked two really unhealthy behaviors in me. One, equating sexual prowess with self-worth, i.e., if I'm not good and bad, I'm not worthy of affection, connection, or love. And the second one, equating not being the best with abandonment, i.e., if I'm not the best you've ever had, eventually you're going to leave me. Now... I don't have to go into the fact that I eventually got over it. All that shit is fucking silly. I figured it out. With a lot of therapy and alcohol, I got my sexual shit together, right? But old, hab- old habits die hard. So, which brings us to now. Now, I've talked before about Tiny's queer pussy magic. I've talked about it. It's no joke. She's a fucking wizard. What I haven't talked about is how being with her completely changed my relationship with my own pussy. Like, I spent a lot of time getting to know my pussy, my vagina, my clit, like, a lot of fucking time. I thought we were close. I thought I knew them well. I thought we were homies. Like, a crew, if you will. A crew. It turns out I don't know either of these bitches at all. At all. Now, for instance, in the past, I've known my vagina to be particular about who she gets excited about. Annoyingly particular. But, once she's excited, she is a wonderful hostess. (laughs) But she makes you work for it. Now, my clit, on the other hand, she's a big girl like me. She likes to party. (laughs) Doesn't take much to get her going. She gets us to the finish line real quickly. And every single time. But... But she's a lightweight. So once she's done, you got to leave her alone and let her sleep it off for a little bit. Again, a lot like me. So over the 
years, this crew, our crew, we've created this formula. We stick to this formula. It works well for us. And then Tiny comes along and blows all of that shit out of the water. Like, usually it takes me a while to lube up. This bitch walks in the room and I have panty pudding, ready to serve. Just like, ready. Just, on platter. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. For years, I thought my clit needed like five to ten minutes, like a rest period between plays. No, turns out, turns out, you just got to speak her language. And she can go on and on and on and on and on. Yeah. A bitch like me didn't know. Okay? So... I had become completely unfamiliar with my crew, and this bitch had found the combination. So, my pussy was happy, but it was unrecognizable to me. So, of course, doubt crept in. Now, we had already agreed that we wouldn't see other people. We already agreed that, but all of a sudden, that was not enough. I convinced myself that I wasn't enough. Because I thought I wasn't making her feel the way she was making me feel. I knew she wasn't, I knew I wasn't the best she'd ever had. And so that desire to be claimed crept back. In my head, that was what would assure me that I was pleasing her. If she called me her girlfriend, I would know that I was doing a good job and she wouldn't leave me. Now, never mind the fact that I wasn't paying attention to her. I wasn't paying attention to the way she responded to me when I kissed her, the way she responded to me when I touched her. I wasn't listening to her. I wasn't listening to her moans or watching her face. I was too wrapped up in my own bullshit in my head. So, as it happens, one night, irrationality got the best of me, and I had a complete fucking meltdown outside of a bar. I was the drunk girl yelling, crying, storming off in full view of dozens of people. Me. It was fucking glorious. It was glorious. <laughs> Snot, tears, everywhere. All of it. All the dramatics. Just because someone had asked us if we wanted to do a threesome. It was totally irrational. As I stormed to the car, she followed me. We get to the car. I prepared myself for a silent treatment. Instead, she opened my door, lit a cigarette, sat down in front of me and said, Baby, do you want to talk about this? No raised voice, no anger, no accusations, just tenderness and patience and love, as usual. Yeah. And for me, that's when everything shifted. It's like that small act of handling me with care and respect flipped a switch. That was my eureka moment, right? Like, oh, this is also what a relationship can look like. Instead of someone claiming you, they can just show you that they love you. What a novel fucking idea. <laughs> they can actually be that simple. Now, it sounds crazy, but that was it. Like, all the bullshit that I thought was a necessity in my relationships changed that night. And I woke up the next day feeling like it was a new beginning. Um, now, as it always happens with me, I'm still figuring my shit out. Um... But being with a woman, I have to say, has changed me. It's reminded me how beautiful and powerful and sexy I am. How sexy we all are. Yeah. There's something about being with a woman that's added a, an extra layer of connection. Like, it's this weird, unspoken, understanding, lesbian thing that I haven't experienced before. There's weight 
in the sexual connection between women. It's a confirmation of sorts that doesn't exist anywhere else. When another woman recognizes and acknowledges your beauty and your power, it's fucking special, romantically or otherwise. So people ask me, Nikki, are you done with the dick? Are you done? And I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen between me and Tiny. I don't know if there's an expiration in our romantic relationship. I don't know if I will continue to date women if there is an expiration on our relationship. But what I do know is that right now I'm here with this person learning and growing and changing into this woman that no longer feels like she needs to be claimed but still may occasionally fuck like a straight girl. Thanks. I confess that I met a sex therapist on a plane who recently left a loveless marriage. She was older than me and was looking for, um, she was looking to reignite, uh, reignite her spark. I met her at her home and we slow played and she made me feel like a young stallion. I had to leave earlier than desired. Her kid was coming home from school. I know. Fucking kids. Yeah. (laughs) Get in the way sometimes. Fun stuff. (laughs) I'm a parent. I can say that. I confess, my girlfriend and I had so much anal sex last weekend that she couldn't hold her farts in anymore. (laughs) Oops. You just have to let it go. There's like so much air that gets compacted in there and all the lube. Yeah. Just let it go. Part of the package. It's part of the package. I confess, I love to have a man come on my stomach or chest in the morning and then wear it under my clothes for the rest of the day. It's my favorite sexy accessory. (laughs) I like it. I confess, my night would be complete if only the bald motherfucker on the stage left back corner would do me. Bedpost Confessions is recorded in front of a live audience at the North Door in Austin, Texas. To view upcoming show dates, submit your confession to us, or to snag an I Confess t-shirt, tote, or journal, visit bedpostconfessions.com. Follow Bedpost Confessions on Instagram and Facebook for more anonymous audience confessions, behind-the-scenes shenanigans, and snapshots of Bedpost Confessions performers and their stories. Links to all things Nikki Devon and Bedpost Confessions are in the show notes. Bedpost Confessions is produced by myself, Sadie Smythe, and Miranda Wiley. Our podcast production team is Mariah Gossett, Mike Moody, and Permanent Record Studios. Don't forget, while we love a good secret and confession, don't keep this podcast to yourself. Share it with a friend or loved one. We appreciate it. <laughs>